0: This morning, uh, we have a guest speaker. I've asked uh, John Knack, he's one of our elders, to to, to speak this morning. When I was interviewed for this job about a year and a half ago, uh, we had a question about how often would I speak, and I said, well, you know, it's good good about 70, 75%. Well, I've gone like 14 weeks in a row, so I'm really losing on that percentage, so I need to make up for that. But uh, just kidding, I mean, I'm not kidding, I'm serious. We are blessed to have some communicators in this church that will bring God's word, that will bring a little different spin than hearing Jerome every single week. So every once in a while, it's nice to get a breather from Jerome. You can say, you can agree with me. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my ego. But uh, would you welcome John Knack. He's uh, one of our elders who was a pastor for many, many years as he comes and shares the word. Thank you for that. appreciate it. You all see what this is. We're almost back to normal. Not really, but boy, when we saw the donut holes, I thought, wow, doesn't that enhance worship? If you got some today, okay, if you did. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't imbibe yet. We'll save those a little bit. Thank you, Jerome, for those kind words. What I do have to say is uh, a little bit, for those of you that know me, I did pastor for over 36 years, and I often was the main prime speaker, and uh, I realized that the congregation would get tired of me, and it was nice to have a guest speaker from time to time. So after today, you will appreciate Jerome even more, I'm sure. (laughs) So that's why he chose me for this, I believe. But really, I... I'm grateful for the opportunity. Please join me. I always like to start with a prayer because I want God to inspire it because I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth, but I ask that he would make it something that would benefit you. Father, we ask and pray your presence here. We've already set the table. We've invited you. We've asked you to come. And you tell us where two or three are gathered together in your name. You will be there among them. Thank you for that. Thank you that you've come And you've already joined us in those worshipful moments. Father, we want to spend that time with you in worship. We want to spend that time in praise. Because when we draw closer to you, we hear even more from you. And you speak into our lives, and we need that so much. So we thank and praise you, and we ask that you would speak through your word this morning. We ask and pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm going to start uh, with a semi-personal story Uh, a friend of mine well I can call him a friend I believe he was a seminary professor in Dallas Theological Seminary I didn't have the privilege of having him instruct me but he came to a pastor's conference once and he was so dynamic I was so inspired by the things he said he was already in his 90s and he's a true humble man servant of God who's now gone to be home with the Lord but everything he talked about, he had this energy and this desire, and he would he would pour himself and ask God to pour his word into him. So he shared these things. But this is a, a funny story that he shared. He was sitting around the table with his kids, and it immediately reminded me when we would sit around the table, and as a pastor, Jerome, I'm sure, and Heather try to teach their kids things, and usually after about two or three words, the kids would say, okay, Dad, yeah, I know. But he was actually not expecting this to happen with his children. It was time for them to measure and see how much they had grown. You all have done that, right? Your families, you would measure them, maybe mark it on the wall or or have a special chart where you'd keep track of it. Uh, We did something like that as well. And as they were doing it, his daughter said to him, Daddy, Daddy, uh, how do big people keep growing? It looks like they just stopped growing. And he thought, oh, wait a minute now, that was interesting. He said, I wish you wouldn't have asked me that. I didn't have a good answer. And he said, but as I thought about it, I said, you know, uh, big people just grow in different ways. But he said, after that encounter with my daughter, God kept speaking to me, are you still growing? So my question for you, my question to me Is And I don't mean this way because, yeah, I'm growing that way too, unfortunately, at times. That's why I will share these with my wife, Hannah. You can make sure that you get some. But are we still growing? What if you're a new Christian and you're just so excited and you see brand new opportunities and vistas in front of you? What if you've been a servant of the Lord for 20, 30, some of you 40, 50 years? Are you still growing? Does God want you to grow? Does God expect you to grow? Is it important for us to grow? You have to answer that with your Lord, don't you? But I want to start with 1 Peter chapter 2 and uh, verse 2. And Peter writes and says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. So he says, cry out for that nourishment. It's supposed to be The milk that we live on, that God wants us to. And what I want to look at today is, from God's Word, how do we address some of the things that we're going through right now? Because they're unsettling for a lot of people. We've been unsettled, we've been unnerved, things have been a challenge for us. We're learning to do new things in new ways. But yet, the one thing we know for sure is, God is on His throne. And God is constant. And God will never, ever forsake us. And he's got a plan for us that he started that Scripture says he will complete until the very day of Jesus Christ's return. So how are you doing? How are you growing? Is God's word a part of that? Oswald Chambers said something, and after i had finished all my notes, I found this in one of my devotions. He said, the vital relationship which the Christian has to the Bible is not that he worships the letter but that the Holy Spirit makes the words of the Bible spirit and life to Him. See, it's supposed to be indwelling in us because it's what connects us to God, and it's the way we understand and come to more fully appreciate the mind of God. He shares His mind with us through His Word. One of the things that I've thought about a lot as I've, in my own way, struggled with things in my lifetime as I've walked with the Lord Not always perfectly, but always knowing that God was there for me. Thinking about how is my relationship with Him? How do I build it up? Not that it's up to me, but how do I respond to Him as He moves and lives in my life? I want to share with you Isaiah chapter 61, and we'll read the first couple verses. We'll pause for a moment, and then we'll read verse 3. But these words were actually the words that Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 4 but we're going to read it from the Old Testament. And this is the New Living, and it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Isaiah's writing, God inspired it. He said, For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be set free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. Jesus, when he quoted that, I'm sure the audience knew where that came from. And he paused there. He didn't continue that from what we have recorded in the New Testament. But Isaiah adds some more that many of us have thought, you know, this must be for the end times. He says, to all who mourn in Israel... He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair, and in their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. That's describing us. God has planted us. He has sown us as his seed to make a difference in the world in which we live so that we can show the praises of our Heavenly Father, of our Lord Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. And thankfully, He empowers us to be able to do that, and thankfully, it's not up to our own resources. They come from Him. But the part I want to focus on this morning is the part of praise, the festive praise. Don't you sense the energy when you come into worship together? You hear the music, You see the words, you express the words, you're a part of it. Let's face it, be honest, we don't all love every song we hear. Sometimes in our own little brains we grumble, well, that one's kind of repetitive. I don't know if I like that. And yet here here the words are, and the song is praising God. And I've often had to arrest myself and say, wait a minute, stop evaluating music. Uh, This is lifted up to God as praise, Because God tells us, we're going to read that verse in a couple minutes, that he inhabits the praises of his people. So he's here participating with us. And then he's going to take what he's poured into our lives and he's going to send us out. And he wants us to be like the great oaks that he has planted for his own glory. We demonstrate his glory in the way we live our lives and then we pause and say, but I don't do it very well sometimes. That's okay. God knows that. God uses those of us who are imperfect because he's going to make something out of that, and he's going to demonstrate his power. Praise is like a garment. When we praise, in spite of the circumstances of what we are going through, it connects us with that heavenly realm of where God dwells. And we connect with him in such a personal way that it begins to change us. There are a couple powerful people in my life who told me how praise changed their outlook. Each of them were struggling at one time in their life, and one was so discouraged and so depressed, he really wondered. He was an older man. He had lost his wife. He said, I don't know if I want to go on anymore. And he said, then I began just to do a study of the Psalms. And he said, every time I would read the Psalms, they would convict me over again that God said to me, praise me. Come before me in praises. And he said, but I didn't feel like it. I didn't want to praise God. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was struggling with issues. And I was thinking God wasn't fair. But he said, every time I'd read the verses, they'd say, but if you praise me, your life will be different. And as he began to praise God, his whole demeanor, his whole outlook, his whole life began to change. And God rescued him from that pit because he was seeing that the praise that he was offering to God was like a garment that he put on. And it protected him, it guarded him, it kept him safe, and he was enraptured. He was wrapped by God with protection and with his loving, heavenly presence. God tells us that we have to put those things on Those garments, garments of praise, and garments that Paul speaks to us in the New Testament that I believe also are very important at this time of what we are going through as a nation, as a people, as the whole world seems to be topsy-turvy at times. And we ask questions. Where are you, God, in all of this? We know where he is. But sometimes we think, but it's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. It's different than I perceived. And yet we come back to God, and as we praise him, we begin to see that God is active and he's working, and nothing has been diminished. Paul tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to begin in verse 10, and we'll go down to verse 18. Again, I'm still in the New Living Translation. It says a final word, Paul writes, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies. And some translations say there they translate it to withstand. In other words, to stand up or to stand against. To be able to endure, if you want to use that word. To be able to handle what is happening. To stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore. Because we know all that. Don't you love when the Bible says therefore? It means pay attention to what I just said. Now here's what you can do. Therefore. Put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith. As I tell people when we talk about what's going on in the world, I have the privilege of serving as a chaplain with a number of companies. And sometimes people will open up and talk about their faith is wavering, it's shaking, especially these last few months. And what I tell them is, I say, you know what? I can go to bed at night and sleep because I know God's on his throne, that he's got this. I don't understand it. Yes, it unsettles me. Yes, I'm anxious. But I know that God has it. So take for yourself, put this garment on, this armor, as Paul calls it, the shield of faith, to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that living Word that gives us spirit and life that connects us to our Heavenly Father. And pray then in the Spirit at all times, And on every occasion, and stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And praise is a part of that. When we pray, we're not just praying prayers of give me, give me, give me, please do, do, do. Our prayers have to also reflect that we love God, we thank you, Lord. And I've caught myself so many times going through a list in my mind and thanking him for this and this and this. As I start making that list, I say, wait a minute, God, thank you that you're God, that you love me, that you care for me and everyone. You care for this planet. You care for all people. Your love is so amazing. And I don't want to just make a list before God. I want to thank him for who he is, for what he does. A missionary, uh, Reverend Henry Frost, said, "'Nothing so pleases God in connection with our prayer "'as our praise, and nothing so blesses the man, "'the woman who prays, as the praise which he offers. "'I got a great blessing,' Reverend Frost said. "'Once when I was in China, "'I had received very sad and bad news. "'Deep shadows had covered my soul. "'I prayed, but the darkness did not vanish.'" I summoned myself, and isn't this the way we try to buckle up and think we're going to endure it? He said, I summoned myself to endure, but the darkness only deepened. Just then I went to an inland station and saw on the wall of the mission these words two words try Thanksgiving. Try Thanksgiving. He said, I did. And in a moment, every shadow was gone not to return. Yes, the psalmist was right. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. We're invited to do that. It's something that's such a wonderful, amazing principle, but it's something that at times we overlook or we feel is not as important as all the other things that we might be doing. Psalm 22, verse 3. I love this short little verse. It says, yet you, speaking to God, yet you, our heavenly Father, our Lord, our Master, you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Israel, Old Testament, God's people, but because of Jesus, we're all God's people now. It says that he is enthroned upon or on, he is within the praises of his people because what it does is it connects us and our hearts, and our mind, and our soul, because it connects more than just the brain. It really connects all of us to who God is, because we're invited into his throne room, and he joins us there. He tells us that he will be a part of our prayers and our praise, and I read a verse just this week, and I'm sure Jerome will be hitting it up here in a few weeks, but uh, I believe it's John 14, where Jesus said, I don't say that I will pray for you, He says, but you pray to the Father because he will hear you. And I was reading that the other day in in just a devotion, and it came out and it smacked me alongside the head because I thought, wait a minute, Jesus is called the intercessor. He's the one that intercedes for us all the time. But Jesus to his disciples said, look, I'm not going to pray for you. You go yourself and pray to your Father because he will hear and answer you because you have that favored special status. You're his children. You belong to him. And he is a part of your life in every way. So God enters our lives and our presence through our prayers, through our praise. He's there to participate with us. And he does that because Jesus told us that he lives. He will come to make his home with us. God lives in us. And I know there are times that I don't feel like I'm a real godly man as I should be. And that's when God is nudging me to say, wait a minute, you got to let more of me in and get, get a little bit more of you out of there because I want to live in you. I want to rule your life. I want to participate in your life, but you have to allow me to do that. A couple more sections of verses in Psalms. Psalm 113. Again, I've stayed pretty much today in... Uh, the New Living Translation, Psalm 113. It's a short psalm. We'll read verses 1 through 9. It says, Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise. O servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and on earth. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family, making her a happy mother. Praise the Lord. So he starts by saying, praise the Lord. And then he says at the end again, praise the Lord. Sometimes when I read Scripture, it becomes so much a a rote thing because I've read it so many times, and I know what it says. I've read it before, and we read over it, and we don't pause to think, wait a minute, he's saying our minds should be in the beginning a praiseful mindset. In fact, everything in this chapter of Psalm 113 is the brackets are praise, You praise God in the beginning. You praise God through all these things that he's doing. And at the end, you say, God, thank you so much. This is called sometimes a psalm of imminence. Not I-M-M-I, but I-M-M-A, imminence, that God is present, that God is everywhere, that he is going to come and dwell among us. I said earlier, John 14, where it says, Jesus told us that God would come and make his home with us okay he wants to dwell in us he wants to dwell in our lives and our hearts and in our minds and our actions and in our thoughts because he's there for us and the word in the middle of this psalm where he says he lifts the poor from the dust and he takes the needy from the garbage dump it's it's a kinda a technical word in the Hebrew and it's more than just someone who doesn't have money It's someone who is poor and needy, and yet in their need, they cry out to God and praise Him. In spite of the circumstances, in spite of what's happening, they recognize that God is on His throne, and that God is taking care of us, and that God's plan is being worked out. We thank Him, and we can challenge Him that He said He would take care of us in all of our needs. In Philippians chapter 2 it speaks of who Jesus is and what he does now I just wanted to pause here for a second in Philippians chapter 2 in verse uh, 6 7 8 and 9 it talks about Jesus when he became flesh he became a man and came down to be our sacrifice he paid the penalty for us he became our Savior Verse six of uh, Philippians 2, it says, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. That's an awkward translation. I've read a number of different translations. None of it, I think, captures it wonderfully, Uh, but one of the best translations is the New Living, where it says, he set aside the divine privilege to become a man. And I like that translation because Jesus was fully God and fully man so if the scripture indicates that somehow he gave up his divinity or he emptied himself those are some translations and they're trying to be faithful to the Greek I think they're diminishing the fact that he never stopped being God but he took on human flesh he was both God and man so to say that he set aside privilege, that's a good translation. And in fact, one commentator said, it really is talking about the fact that he condescended. And I love that word because it describes it well. You know when someone's being condescending to you? Oh, husbands and wives know this well, don't we? Uh, my wife will say, honey, you're being condescending. That means to look or. In, in this terminology, it means he came down to our level to gather us up and take us into the heavenly. So yes, he willingly set aside his divine privilege, but he still remained God. But he humbled himself and became obedient. He took on flesh because he did that to be our Savior. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. How wonderful that is. Psalm 103. I've got two more sections of verses. These are both fairly short. And you might say, why am I spending all the time in Psalms? It just—it's where God took me as I was thinking about praising Him and making sense out of what's happening in the world around me. Psalm 103, uh, beginning in verse one. It says, again, oh surprise! Praise the Lord. <laughs> O oh, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, all the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, he heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles the lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly and i want to jump then if i put that in my notes if you could go down to verse 22 of uh, psalm 103 we keep in mind as i said sometimes i go through a a litany a list of thank you god for this thank you for my precious wife for my children for my health for my home but wait a minute you're god you hold the universe in your hands You've invited me to join your family. Praise the Lord everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. There's nothing left out of that, is there? It says that we're to praise him for everything. And I remember a widow that was in one of my churches and she had that mindset all the time. I was just in awe of how no matter what happened to her, it could it could be from my my viewpoint a terrible tragedy she'd say no that's okay god's taking care of me. god's got this i just praise god that i belong to him and he's a part of my life i will conclude with psalm 31 verses 1 through 5. although the world is in turmoil at times although we struggle to put in perspective what's happening it doesn't always make sense it's not always easy to figure out we know that God is on his throne. We know that God's got it, as we say, because he loves us so he will carry us through whatever will happen. Psalm 31, verse one. O oh Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection a fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me up from the trap my enemies have set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Every time we come before his throne in praise, we entrust our spirit into your hands. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. Father in heaven, almighty God, thank you so much that in times of difficulty, struggle, trial, and things that we do not understand, we know that you're on your throne. We know that you hold us close and you hold us up and you will always rescue your faithful servants. We thank you that you inhabit our prayers and our praise. We thank you that you walk alongside of us and you've invited us into your family. We ask and pray your guidance, your direction. We ask your favor and blessing. For those that need healing, please touch them. For those, Father, that need deliverance, deliver them. If there are any here who need your rescue, please, Father, reach out your loving hand to them, and we ask and pray it always through Jesus, our Lord and Savior, amen.